And uh, welcome everybody to today's session, um, the value of self-coaching, uh, taking care of yourself. And uh, Sarah and I were just talking about the fact that uh, for those of us, uh, so I'm, I'm based in Melbourne, so for those of us who have been um, in the process of experience, uh, experiencing lockdown, self-coaching is something that can be really helpful uh, to keep ourselves sane. So I've certainly been practicing what I'm going to be preaching today, believe me. Uh, so welcome. Uh, as Sarah said, my name is Deborah Burlington and uh, I work, uh, I do a lot of, a number of things. So I do work as a coach, professional coach, executive coach and personal coach. I do facilitate in these, uh, these areas of coaching and coaching conversations. So some of you may have um, been on, online when I did the coaching conversations program. Uh, so I facilitate in that area as well as leadership and culture change. And I come from a background of occupational health and safety. So I am a fellow of the Australian Institute of Health and Safety, and I head up the mentoring program for the Australian Institute of Health and Safety. So if you're not a mentor or you wanna be mentored, uh, that's the other thing that I, I have a look at. So let's have a look at the value of self-coaching. And uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, why self-coaching? Well, you know, the way that um, I come at it is the fact that um, in order for us to uh, be able to work with other people and to work in the external world and to connect with people in the external world. It's really important, of course, especially in these kind of crazy times, to stay emotionally healthy. And so, you know, using, I've used the term self-coaching because it's a way of coaching ourselves to stay healthy on the inside. So I just, uh, one of the questions I have for you is, uh, so many of you have probably had a coach of some sort. It might've been a sporting coach. It might've been a professional coach. It might be an informal coach. It might be your kids that are coaching you and how to use the internet or something like that. So I just wanted to check out um, who's engaged the coach before. So Sarah, if you wouldn't mind just putting that in the chat, who, who has engaged a coach before and uh, what, what kind of coach have you had? So I'll just wait for a second and uh, I'll ask Sarah, any comments? Um, somebody has said they've engaged a sporting coach. Right, yeah. Allah. Um, again, a sporting coach, mentors at work. Um, right. Thomas has had a safety coach. Michael's had a life coach. Um, can't even keep up with these comments. Um, somebody said they haven't had a coach, uh, a leadership coach with work, a leadership program, mentors at work, an, an industrial psychologist. Right. Um, Michael has tried a Australian Institute of Health and Safety mentoring. Um, Ray has had a career coach. Um, Helle has had a weight loss coach and workplace leadership. Um, other people have had a mentor at work. Um, Yes, an external mentor provided through work, a career coach. Um, and um, Kevin has said he had a, a sort of WHS coach with a law background. So plenty of comments. Wow. Fantastic. That's great. And so if, if everyone can have a look at the chat, there's about 20, um, 20 comments in there. So that, that's great. I really just want to open it up because uh, for those of us who have, who have had an external coach, um, you would have really felt the benefit of that if, if they were good because there are some not so good coaches out there. But if you've been able to find a really good coach, uh, the benefits of having a coach are amazing. And so while I'm chatting, if you want to put in the benefits, and I won't ask Sarah to interrupt us again at this moment, um, but if you'd like to just chat, put in the benefits that you've had in the chat for having a coach um, because there are, there are many and varied uh, one of the key things that having a great coach is, is that they can offer some clarity. So sometimes we can get so bogged down in thinking about a problem or thinking about a, a concern that we have that we can get like, like, you know, have go on in loop, 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 loop. What about this? What about this? Loop back, loop back. So a coach can offer us some clarity in thinking. They also offer us an opportunity to reflect. So often we, we don't find time in our busy day to take time out and to reflect. So engaging with a coach um, allows us to have some time to really just reflect on what is going on, stop for a moment and have a look at it from a, a third party perspective. 
And when I am coaching, you know, people will come into the coaching session quite nervous and um, they want to ask me about my day. And, and I always say, no, 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 this is not about me. This is about you. It's a time for you to reflect about you and how you're going. And so a coach will hold the space for reflection as well. Sometimes a coach can offer you a different perspective. So they can allow you to step out of your normal type of perspective and offer a different perspective for you. You can like third party it. And so a coach will help you to turn the, sub, to turn the subjective into objective. So a coach will allow you to step back and look at something objectively rather than being subject to it and all the emotion that comes to it. And a coach can also help you to have a look at patterns. And so uh, when you see a coach often enough, they might be able to offer you a pattern that they have seen uh, in your speech or in the way you show up or the way that you deal with problems. So coaches uh, can offer all of that for you. And I can see that people are putting in chat in terms of the benefits they've had from coaching. Now, the reason that I wanted to touch in to, you know, why is a coach um, helpful is not to go, well, you should get a coach. No, the reason I've gone through all of that is because in my experience, we can actually provide that for ourselves through self-coaching. Because the beauty is, as humans, we have the capacity of self-reflexive thinking. So if we can give ourselves enough space, enough time um, to take ourselves out of our busyness of the day and to really do that for ourselves, to hold ourselves with clarity, to give ourselves some space to reflect, to um, have a look at our patterns that we can see that might be arising in different kinds of situations and to turn the subjective into objective. We've got the capacity to do that. And so part of self-coaching is really bringing an awareness to how we are showing up in the world, giving ourselves some time to be a mirror to reflect that and uh, really get what's going on internally because that's where we live. It looks like we live externally. We live in this house. We live in this car. We live in this office. We live in this whatever. Um, but essentially, we do the living on the inside. So we live internally. That's where we live. And so a part of self-coaching is really turning on the capacity to get in touch with what's happening internally for us and asking ourselves some great questions. And... Um, and the great questions allow us then to start having a look at all the patterns. And the, one of the best questions we can ask ourselves is, am I in a resourceful state? What state am I in? And is this resourceful? And if it's not a resourceful state, then you can create a different state. And so I know that sounds easy, but I am going to give you some hints and tips on how to do that. And so learning how we're showing up and what's going on on the inside where we're living um, allows us to create the right state for us to be able to take care of ourselves first and then take care of other people. So, uh, so as I was saying, we, we create ourselves, we create our reality on the inside. That's, that's what we do. So how do we do this? And I'm going to show you a model now uh, that comes, uh, that really helps to understand how do we create our internal map of the world. Because humans are map makers. We look outside, we have a look at what's going on out there, and then we bring that internally and we map it. So I went through this model. For those of you who came along to conversational intelligence, I went through this model um, in that session as well uh, because it's such an integral model to understanding how we do us and how we bring the external world into the inside. Um, through self-coaching, this gives you some hints and tips as to the key things that we can bring awareness to, because it's all very well for me to say, you should be self-coaching. About what? So this model kind of will give you some ideas, some hints and tips on what you can focus on in order to self-coach. So I am going to move to the next slide, she says, with so much confidence. <laughs> so... Here is the model. So what happens is something happens outside of us. So there's an external event that happens outside. So it might be watching this webinar. It might be 
um, somebody calls you and, and asks you to do something that you don't want to do, or you might be asked to do something that you feel nervous about. So there's, a, there's something that happens on the, ins- on the outside. That's where it happens. Um, but then what happens is we bring it to the inside and we bring it through our senses. So we look at it, we feel it, we touch it, we taste it. We, we have a felt sense about it. So we bring it in and we start creating a map or a movie about what's going on out there. So that's our internal representation, which is ours. That's ours, how we represent it. Now, here is our first choice point. So we can actually choose to create a blockbuster movie because they're our movies, we own them. So we can create a blockbuster movie. So somebody says to you, hey, would you like to present at this webinar? You know, you're going to have over 100 people at it. It's going to be awesome. That's the external event. Now, the internal event, you can make a blockbuster movie. Woohoo! I love doing this stuff. I really I want to get my message out there. I really like coaching people. It's going to be great to have a bit of fun with people. You can create this great movie. On the other hand, you can create a horror movie and you can start thinking internally, oh, my God, I don't know how to do this. What if it goes wrong? Um, what if I forget what I'm supposed to say? What if people and we go doo, 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 and we create this horror movie in our minds? So that's what's happening. It's not all, all somebody has said is would you like to do a webinar? That's all that's happened. That boom, we create all these movies. And so we create that internal representation. So where does that come from? And what steps can we take to create more um, blockbuster movies, A-grade movies, rather than horror movies? Uh, now, we know that humans, especially in, in the health and safety arena, we know that humans, are they tend to be negatively biased so we tend to be negatively biased we tend to go to the negative it's kept us safe for many 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 decades so it keeps us safe and but not necessarily resourceful safe doesn't necessarily mean resourceful so um now how do we create these movies the first thing that we do is we only let so much in and we keep a lot out and so these are filters And you've probably heard that um, the human mind or the human brain, our mind, our brain can really only deal with about seven key pieces of information coming in at once. Now, I don't know about that number. I don't know about you, but I can only probably deal with one or two key things coming in at once. But there are geniuses out there that can deal with around seven. Now, what I mean by that is um, most of us have no idea really what colour a carpet is or you know, what, um, you know, what colour all the trees are out there. We, it's not, we just don't filter it in or filter it out. It's just not in our awareness because it's not useful. So we will bring in um, seven pieces of information when we're looking externally. So we have filters. And these are, when we start thinking about these filters, these are the filters that are going to help us to create some much better movies, some blockbuster movies. Now, the first filter that we have is personality. Now, I'm not going to go into much into personality here um, because that's another big topic all in itself. But our personalities will filter in and filter out. So if you are an introvert, then you might say, yeah, I get to do a webinar. Woohoo! If you're an extra introvert, you might go, oh, I don't know about that. I don't put myself out there. If you're positively biased, you'll be going, yeah, it's going to be great. If you're negatively biased, oh, my God, it's going to be a disaster. So you can see that our personality structures, we call them, will filter in and filter out. Uh, So I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but the the others are key. And you can recall these. You, You can start identifying these. So the first filter that we have are our values, what we really, truly value. Uh, so values are, are part of who we are, our identity, and they're, again, they're, they are, uh, there are a myriad of them, and they are the matrix of how we show up. Now, our values serve us because, again, they, they give us some guidelines as to how to show up in the world. So our values can be around time. So we might have the value that people should be on time. You know, people should be on time any time we use the word should, um, must then we're starting to identify our values. 
Uh, when I, often when I'm running this live, I'll say to people, and if you want to put some in your chat, what do you value? What do you value? Is it time? Is it perfection? Do you value um, uh, family? Do you value community? Do you value peace on earth? What, what, where's your values? What are they? So if you want to share some of your values in the chat with the rest of the people who can see the chat, feel free. So there are values and then we have beliefs. Now, the difference between these, both of them you can change and recreate, but the difference is values are really like grokked into the way we show up. They're just, they are constant values. Um, beliefs are things that kind of get created as we go. So we think a thought, we think it often enough, then it becomes a belief. If it gets strong enough, it becomes a value. So our beliefs are the kind of, they're so intrinsic, but but we often don't even, can't even think about what our beliefs are. And again, in groups, when I say to people, what do you believe? What do you, come on, tell me your beliefs. It's like silence. And that's because they are invisible, but they drive us. They're part of our matrix. And then we have memories. So sometimes we don't think, even think about what we believe about presenting at a webinar. We don't think about what our value is about presenting at a webinar. Um, but then when somebody says, do you want to do a webinar? We go to a memory of, oh, I really stuffed that up last time. That's going to go and filter and help create that, that movie. But if you have a memory of, yeah, I've done heaps of these, yeah, no problem. Then uh, again, it's going to filter. So this block of filters are really important when we're self-coaching because we can start having a look at, well, what values are really serving me right now and which ones are really like getting in the way and what beliefs do I have that help me and which beliefs are, are not serving me. So, for instance, I was coaching a young leader. He was recognised as a young leader. He was, going, he, was, uh, he was acting in a position and then he was moving into the, the key role um, if he was successful. So the company asked me if I would coach him as a leader. Sure. So I asked him, I asked him to really identify for me his beliefs about himself as a leader. And he went, oh, well, you know, I believe that people should be a lot older than I am to be able to lead. And, uh, and I believe that you should have far more experience than I've got to lead. And I believe that there are better people in this organisation than, than me for this role. And you can imagine I'm sitting there trying to keep a straight face going, great, all right. So how resource, So I, then I said to him, you know, how resourceful are these beliefs for you? Are they helping you to show up as the best leader you can be? Are they making your life a party as a leader? And he was like, no, they're, they're, they're rubbish. And I said, well, if they're rubbish and they're not serving you, then would you like to create some new beliefs about being a leader, more resourceful beliefs? And he went, oh, can I do that? And I went, well, you made these ones up so you can make another lot up as well. Because beliefs are gifted to us and so are values gifted to us during our lifetime. Um, they are constructs and they are things that we have agreed are true, but they aren't necessarily true. And so part of self-coaching is starting to get in touch with, well, what values do I have that are really undermining my capacity in whatever role it is that I'm working in? And uh, what beliefs do I have about myself that are creating unresourceful states for myself? And then through self-coaching, you can become aware of those beliefs. So if you are asked to do something and you feel a resistance against it, you think, oh, no, I couldn't do that. That's a great moment to self-coach because right at that moment when you're going, no, 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 and you're resisting whatever it is that's happening in the external world, that's when you will know there's a belief that may not be useful for you anymore. It probably was at some point, but not anymore. So if you're wanting to start um, getting in touch with what your values are and what your beliefs are, whenever you feel a reaction, a response, some resistance to what's going on externally, then if you can stop in that moment and reflect, okay, because the thinking will come before the feeling in the body. 
And so your thinking will give you the belief that's causing that. If you're feeling euphoric and happy, then find that one and use it more often. Um, but if you're feeling resistant, scared, frightened, angry, the body will let you know that there is something there that would be useful to have a look at. And then what we do, uh, because we've got so much information coming in and we're trying to make sense of it and, and uh, make sense of what's going out there in the world and do some self-reflection and self-coaching, to understand then is that we filter stuff in and we also filter stuff out. So sometimes we delete stuff and often in humans, what we delete is the good stuff, is the good memories. And so when we are asked to do a webinar, we will remember all of the times that we stuff things up. But what do we delete? All the times that we did a really good job. And it's quite fascinating how often people, when people, I say to people, you know, how's that going to go? Oh, well, I'm going to, this is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. And I ask them, has there ever been a time when you've done this really well? Oh, yeah. Well, where, where are those times gone? Then they're out of the window. So part of self-coaching is to go, okay, well, these are all the things that could go wrong or these are all the memories that I have or what have I deleted though? And recall, recall the things that you've deleted that are going to help you to be resourceful. Uh, because what we can have a tendency to do is foreground all the things that have gone wrong in the past, all the things that I'm not good at, all the things, and we background how fabulous we truly are. So self-coaching allows us to become fabulous, to remember how fabulous we are, to recall rather than delete the things that are going to allow us to show up in the face of whatever that situation might be. Now, the other thing that humans are fabulous at is distortions. This means that. So if you value time and being on time, if that's one of your key values, then when somebody's late, what does it mean? So I just wait, um, if you wouldn't mind, Sarah, I'm going to ask people, what, what does it mean if you value being on time? What does it mean when people are late? Just quick in the chat, what does it mean when people are late? Any ideas? Um, yeah, okay, so um, they don't care. Yep. Um, disrespectful. They don't yep. respect my time. Um, it's a breach of trust. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people saying disrespectful um, and, and it's not a priority, um, rude. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Yeah. So that is our distortion. Okay. So it's perfect. When someone's late, it means disrespectful, rude, don't care, blah, 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 blah. They're all the meanings that we've created about someone being late. So that's just one tiny meaning that we've made a distortion. Being late means this. Imagine how many other distortions we've created. This means that. And so that's the fun part is, again, with self-coaching, if you're saying to yourself, oh, that person's late, it just means they don't really care about me. As soon as you hear that, you can go, wait a minute. And then you can play a game. Well, what else could it mean? It could mean that they are sick. It could mean that the traffic is bad. It could mean that they... So it could mean a whole bunch of other stuff. And so starting to get in touch with meanings, again, that we've created allows us to self-coach. And that example that we just did just shows you how quick, firstly, that we create meaning, and secondly, that we can get in touch with it. So if we can get in touch with the meaning that we are attributing to something, then we can self-coach on that. And so if we're sitting here and we go, oh, you know, you know, if I stuff up in that webinar, it means, and then listen, all the meanings, all the distortions that you've put on that, you can go, well, that not, that's not serving me. So you could say, if I stuff it up, it means I'm learning. It means I'm human. It means that, well, yeah, I made mistakes. Oh, my God. So you can see that, again, for self-coaching, if we can capture the distortions that we are making, the meanings that we're attributing, uh, we can then create more resourceful meanings about things. And then in order to make sense of the world, of course, we also we generalise. 
And so we will take a whole bunch of stuff that's happened in the past, we'll wrap it up and we'll say that's the truth. And so again, if we can be aware of how have we generalized, because um, we might say, well, every time I've done this, it's gone badly. Uh, well, is that true? Has there ever been a time when it didn't actually go badly? So again, self-coaching allows you to pick up when you are generalizing things that are not um, really a resourceful way of generalizing. So this happens in a second, of course. Something happens, boom, 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 boom. We, we create our version of reality. And the really interesting thing, of course, is that you can have all of these. So we've got uh, 74, uh, 76 people on the call. And uh, we are all listening to this, watching this, and we are all creating our own reality. So again, that's the interesting part because sometimes what can happen is we can have a conflict with somebody else uh, about what we call reality. But the thing is that it's their reality versus our reality. So I'm going to ask you, who's right? Um, can I just say something, Deborah? Yes, Sarah. Interesting. In the chat here, um, somebody wrote, they're just late, but they put it in capitals. And I immediately thought, well, they're angry. That's an angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he actually said further down, sorry, the caps lock was on. But, you know, that was Perfect. my initial impression was, oh, he's angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so perfect, Sarah, because that's what happens. We get a little snippet of something and then all our meanings come in. Oh, they must be angry. What do they mean by capitals? Oh, oh the capitals were locked on. And then all that stuff, all the emotion and everything that's gone on, go, whoo, that's actually, well, that was quickly created. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for that. <sighs> and so um, now to add to all of this excitement, we also have to to um, consider a couple of other things. We need to consider what state of mind am I in and how is my physiology? So again, from a uh, self-coaching perspective, um, we, can, we can really become aware of well, what is my state of mind? Is my state of mind calm? Am I happy? Am I uh, feeling relaxed? Am I feeling in control? Do I have a sense that, you know, I, I know what's going on out there? Or from a state of mind perspective, Am I confused? Am I angry? Am I upset? Am I um, concerned? And so state of mind will also impact on the movies that we are making, as well as our physiology. So am I healthy? Have I eaten well? Have I drunk well? Have I slept well? Um, so those things, of course, will also impact on how we create our movies. So of course, this is all going on really, really quickly. And then um, this is a choice point here that we have when we're self-coaching, we can start having a look at, all right, so in this particular situation, so when you're self-coaching, in this particular situation, what was, what was I doing? Was I reacting to something in my past? So was I reacting to a value or a belief or a memory or a situation in the past? Was I reacting? And you can see that word is react. So we're going back to old patterns and old habits. Or am I reacting? So some people are future orientated. So they'll be into the future before you can even know it. And they'll be going, oh, well, if I do this, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, you know, so they future orientated. And so they're reacting not to what is actually happening, but to what they think is going to happen as a result of whatever. And um, most of the time we are in reaction. We react, 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 react. Self-coaching offers an opportunity to get out of that kind of cycle of reacting, reacting, reacting. And it gives us an opportunity to slow down, to reflect, to take a third-person perspective, to take an objective view of what's going on out here so that we can respond to this external event now in terms so now what's really happening now and just like Sarah pointed out what's really happening now is the caps thing was locked on but we went back to the past well that must mean they're angry because people who use capitals generally are angry so we've gone to the past to make sense of this situation now 
And so a really um, awesome part of self-coaching is to remember to be here now. And that's why the body is so important when we're doing this, because the body's here. It, it can't be at the past. It can't be in the future. It's actually here. And so slowing down and, and taking the opportunity to uh, touch in with how am I feeling? What's my state of mind? What's my physiology? What meaning am I making of all of this? Um, what are my values that are being violated here? What do I believe about this? And is it serving me? If we can ask those great questions about these elements in this very simple model, there are some fantastic touch points to start unlocking unresourceful states. That if we could do that, uh, our, the quality of our life, maybe the other quality of other people in our lives might be improved in some way. So that's the model um, and they're the key things that we can self-coach around. I'm just going to stop there for a moment and check in if there's any questions or comments uh, that you would like to make. So I'll just give that over to you, Sarah, and uh, let me know if there's any questions or comments anyone would like to make before I move on. Um, there's no questions at the moment and there's no comments coming through. I might interrupt if there's something that comes up. Um, Helen did say, um, I always use the weight. What am I thinking? What am I telling myself? Great. What am I thinking? What am I telling myself? So what's my internal voice um, saying about this? And that, that, that'll be your beliefs and your values and your memories coming up. And then the... the um, the work would be then to go, okay, well, this is what I'm telling myself. What am I not telling myself? And so, because a coach will often hear for what is said, but also what's not said. And so when we're self-coaching, it's great to bring awareness, Helen, to all the things that you are saying and then stopping and going, all right, well, what have I not said to myself? What have I deleted? What have I not brought to the foreground here that would balance out this kind of uh, way of viewing things? Thank you. A couple of comments also. Steve said, just count to 10, take a breath. <laughs> yeah. um, and interesting um, from Leanne said, how will I be perceived in what I am communicating? Yeah. You know, and that the that's a great, that's probably another, but just to touch in that, the thing is that how you, how you are being perceived by the other person uh, is completely out of your control, if, if I can say that, because they will be doing this process just as you are. And so we think that we are offering a certain perception of ourselves, but how that person interprets that and brings it into their own mind with all of these filters going on, we can do as much as we can to influence the person's perception. So I certainly wouldn't show up here in my pajamas because that would certainly not be a very good way of being perceived but how you truly perceive the way I'm coming across is going to be completely due to your filters. And so what I have learned through my very long life is that um, to waste too much time worrying about what other people are thinking about me um, is probably not a good use of my energy uh, because most people are not thinking about me. They're actually thinking about themselves through their filters looking at me. So uh, it does also give a little bit of leeway for um, <clears throat> not being really, really concerned about the thoughts other people have about me. Not that I run around the world not worrying about other people, but I certainly have let go of a lot of concern about what people are thinking about me because generally they're not. So, uh, yeah, so having said all of that then, in terms of self-coaching, um, the whole thing of self-coaching is to create and maintain resourceful states. And so um, stopping and being, bringing awareness to this, if you are in, in an unresourceful state, is a great time to self-coach. And as people have said, count to 10, take some deep breaths, stop, ask ourselves, what are we thinking? It's a great question. What am I thinking here? Uh, so they're all really great questions. And then um, often uh, you might have got the message so far, but often in order to coach ourselves, we, need, we really need to um, create some reflection time. So in terms of being able to uncover those values and beliefs 
that, uh, that you've got that are not serving you, making decisions to replace them with a more resourceful belief, like the leader chose some much more resourceful beliefs about himself as a leader. He already had those, but they're kind of like way in the background. Um, bringing awareness to past memories or situations that might be impacting on the decisions that you're making now and check the reality of the same thing happening again. So is that true? And also having a look at what you might be fearful of happening in the future and again, checking the reality for this, asking ourselves the question, is that truly what could happen? And then um, I, I really can't emphasize the importance and it sounds like a lot of you are already doing this is um, reflection time, truly allowing ourselves some time to reflect from a third person objective perspective. And taking these moments to reflect during the course of the day allows us to learn from what happens and take a breath during the day. Um, now, some people choose to work with uh, what they call morning questions. And this was quite interesting. I was coaching someone recently and she was saying, we were working on her creating a resourceful state for work. And so we're going through her routines during the day to see uh, how she was creating her states. And so we, we started off with her morning routine. And what she said was she got up in the morning, made a cuppa, got her phone out, scrolled through, looked at Facebook, looked at the news. Looked, and, and she then, while she was talking, she said, you know what? I'm completely not present. And that, that stuff doesn't serve me. It's not useful. It's not inspiring. Um, so what she chose to do is put the phone away, make the cuppa, sit in a sunny spot or a warm spot um, and get a journal. So she actually bought a book and a pen. And she decided in the mornings that she would journal and reflect and then also ask herself about what kind of day she was having and then what, what state did she need in order to have a resourceful day. And during the course of coaching, she practiced that every day and she said it just changed uh, the way her day went. Um, she still had stressful days and she still had challenging days, but she had that time in the morning to ask herself that question, what state do I need today to be resourceful because we can name our state and we can create that state. Um, also trying not to be multi-focused, but what's my intention or my focus for today? And then how do I maintain my health today? So they're just some examples of morning questions. Um, and of course, there's so many to choose from. Uh, it's just the, a focusing opportunity. Then at the end of the day, if we haven't had a moment during the day, asking ourselves the question, and the number one question is, how was I awesome today? Because most people I speak to, their first question is, how did I stuff it up today? Like, God, how did that go wrong? And so this is, let's not foreground that. Let's foreground how awesome I am first. And when I ask people to do that, I often go, I can't do that, but please do it. We are awesome. It's a miracle that you are here walking the planet. What did I learn today? If it's just a little tiny thing, like don't go back to that coffee shop, they make terrible coffee. What did I learn today? And three wins, three wins, just to remind us again of how awesome we are. But again, you choose whatever questions are gonna resonate with you. And then the other thing that I, I suggest for people uh, who are truly on a path of um, self-coaching is taking micro breaks during the day um, called the third space. And so often I hear people that go from one to meeting to another meeting to another meeting to another meeting. And I think, how do you reset? Because surely if you're having a meeting with one person about their performance, and then you're going into another meeting with five people telling them about the latest risk management project that you're working on, that's like two different ways of thinking. Now, if you don't have that third space in between those two meetings, how do you reset? How do you know that you're in the right state for that particular meeting as opposed to that meeting? So really thinking about how are you building micro breaks in during your day to enable you to reset, to re-energize, to recharge. Um, uh, again, a, a key way of self-coaching. Um, so essentially, I, I love this one because it's something that I'm continuously working on with people I work with in coaching or facilitating or whatever, is to just remind us 
that um, we are a masterpiece and, and that we are perfectly imperfect as we are. And, um, and so really taking objective perspective and starting from that and then working with that kind of the perfection that you already are. So I thought I'd give you some self-coaching questions and then I'll, I'm going to ask you if you have any other amazing self-coaching questions that you can share with the rest of us as well. Um, and you can see here that these are aimed at uh, identifying and bringing out and teasing out all of the uh, components of the model that I showed you earlier. And of course, the, one of the great ones is what went well in this situation. So even though it was a disaster, sometimes, you know, you think, oh, my whole, the whole thing was a disaster, the whole thing. Well, that's the generalizations. Somewhere in there, there'll be an element of perfection. And so again, it's foregrounding what went well and learning from it. So what went well so that I can learn from that? Um, what emotions arose for me? So with those emotions, as they arise, those emotions are indicators or little messengers that uh, enable us to get in, into what's going on in our external world. So those emotions, and whether you feel them in the gut or in the chest, emotions are energy in motion, emotion. And what those emotions do is they are little flags to say, uh, if there are negative emotions like anger, frustration, sadness, irritation, those kind of flary ones, that they will let you know that one of your beliefs, one of your values, one or more, have been violated by somebody else. Or you have resistance to something going on in the external world and the emotions allow you to explore what is that resistance all about? What belief are you holding that is creating that resistance. So if somebody asks you to do something, oh, no, I'm not going to do that, then what beliefs do you have about that? What's creating the resistance? The feelings um, have to come after the thoughts. We think and then we feel. Try and feel without thinking. There'll be a feel, the thought will come through and then we'll have, it'll, it seems like they're totally connected. So feelings are awesome because emotions are awesome because they'll give you little messengers. Have a look at this. Have a look at, hello, let's have a look at this. Don't let this go by. Um, and so, yeah, having a look that they will help you understand the values and beliefs that are being violated. Then you can ask yourself, well, having these, is that creating a resourceful state for me? Uh, so those, you can, so the second question is, great, I'm, I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling healthy I'm feeling in control I feel like and then that what that hold on to that one and then remember that one and then you can transfer it into a situation where you're not feeling so great um, and even though you might be feeling really good ask yourself the question could I be more resourceful how could I add to my resourcefulness what do I need in order to feel more resourceful do I need more time do I need more space do I need more Water, have I eaten enough? Am I taking on too much? Am I taking on too little? And so you can start exploring what, what for you creates a resourceful state. You can ask yourself a general question, what could I do differently next time? Is there anything I could have done differently next time? Taking responsibility for ourselves. And then thinking about the situation, what will I keep? What was good? I'm gonna keep there. And so it, by through self-coaching, you can start understanding that we, that we have four things that we have power over, four things, that's it. So in terms of the four powers that we have, the one that we have is what I think. That's my, in my power. No one can make me think anything. It's going on internally, it's private, and how I feel. So I'm, I'm in control of those feelings. Now, people will often say, oh, they made me angry, or they made me this, or they made me that. And uh, self-coaching allows us to bring awareness to the fact that no one can make you feel anything. You choose to feel that way because of your values and your beliefs and your memories and all those things that are going on internally. And so you choose to feel that way. It's choice. 
So if you choose to feel this way, you can actually choose to feel something else. So the four powers that we have is what I think and then what I feel. And then the, on the, the other two are more public powers, of course, what I do, up to me. They made me do this. Nope, you chose to. Um, and what I say. Now, those are the only four powers I have in the, in the world. Um, I would love to have powers over other people, make them do this and make them do that because I wouldn't do anything if that was the case. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And so to keep in mind and to remember that they are the powers that we have and to really get in touch with how are we showing up based on our what we're going on internally and taking the space to uh, really go deep, go internally, how am I doing this? Is this resourceful? What else do I need? Um, through self-coaching allows us to maintain a, a resourceful state and show up in the world in a way that's resourceful for the rest of the world as well. So that is all of my input. I'm open for questions, comments, anything that anyone would like to add. Happy for anyone to share their wisdom on how you do this. Any self-coaching questions you ask, happy for you to share that right now. Okay, just going on from some of the comments, um, Stacey said uh, she's going to put that in the calendar instead of clearing the email box. I think Yay. she's referring to the self-reflection. Yeah. Um, Richard said he tries to schedule meetings to 45 minutes. It gives him a 15-minute opportunity to reflect on or reset before the next meeting. Perfect. And um, that's all for now. As we know, every time I say that, then there's more. Mm -hmm. um, I will put a link in here to the next webinar um, next week. Okay. So see what that's on about. And um, yeah, we can just okay. wait a little. Do you want me to? Um, do you have a link? Do you want me to share in the chat to this um, book, Deborah? Yeah. Well, I've just um, I've just put the the details up on the on there. So if if you go to my website, if you so what I did during COVID last year to keep myself sane, keep myself in a resourceful state, um, do some internal reflection, is I decided to write a book. And so I just put together these ten key kind of ideas around um, conversations and how to have impactful uh, conversations as a leader or in any uh, format as a leader. And so if you like a copy of this book, it's, there's no cost to it. I've printed it and just it was just a bit of fun for me to keep myself sane. So if you're interested in this book, then feel free to email me or to um, jump on the website. There'll be a link to the book. And I'll mail one out to you with stamps and everything. Who knows when you're going to get it? But, you know, it will be circulating in the air at some point and probably land with you. Some of them took three months last time. Uh, so uh, happy to pass them on to you. Sometimes you might have a question that you, you don't want to put in the chat uh, or you'd like to connect with me. Um, feel free to drop me an email and, have, and I'm quite happy to have an email chat or a quick phone call about anything that you're interested in. And that's a genuine offer. Uh, and anything else, Sarah, in the chat or any questions before you wrap it up? Um, yes, so uh, Joanne would like you to repeat the four powers again as she doesn't see, sure. the, see a slide here. No, I know I made that up at night. So for the four powers, I can do that, Joanne, the four powers. So we've got two private powers. Um, so it is what I think that's in my power, how I use the grey matter, how I think, what I tend to think about, what I utilise my thinking powers for. That's mine. No one can make me think anything. They're my private thoughts. Second one is how I feel. My emotions, how I feel are within my power. And so we often give our power away um, during the day because we say, like, um, oh, the barista was really mad, to, really mean to me and, and oh, that made me really upset. And then the person cut in line at the coffee line queue and that oh, I can't believe people would do that. And then I got to work, somebody parked in my spot. So you can see like, doo, 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 doo. we're constantly giving away our emotional power because we make, we, we believe, believe that other people can make us feel things. But that's all on the inside. We can do, if we just won 3 million bucks and somebody parked in our car park, would we care? No. So, um, so you can see that we are in charge of our thoughts, 
which lead to our emotions. And those two are in our private powers. No one can make you feel anything. Then the two external powers are what I do. That's my choice. Whether I do it, don't do it, how I do it, it's my choice. So what I do, my actions, my behaviours, and what I say. So the words that I use are also within my power to choose. So they're my four powers. And uh, once you realise that, it creates a lot of freedom So because you, you stop trying to control everybody else and you really just focus on yourself. Thanks, Thanks for the question, Joanne. Okay, well, just some more feedback. Um, Richard says he's very interested in learning more about coaching, mentoring models and approaches, and it may be a good future topic. So yeah. I think they want you to come back, Deborah. Um, uh, everyone's uh, appreciated the book reference um, and they'll be in contact. And um, uh, Stacey has actually uh, typed in here those four um, powers. Thanks, um, Stacey. So and uh, more about the book. I think you're going to get a lot of book orders. And um, <laughs> thank you for, uh, it was a very insightful webinar, Deborah. So a lot of great feedback. And I think, yeah, you'll get a few emails after this. So um, yeah, and no uh, actual questions. So um, all good. Um, I did put a link in there for the webinar next week. Sharon has said, thanks for the opportunity. Looking forward to the book. Um, she would love to share that with the, their transport managers, managers. And again, from Karen, um, very kind of you with regards to the book. Um, and Jared has said, what's the topic of next week's webinar? It's human-centered design um, from Kelvin again from Art of Work. And he is um, going to be talking about um, some new studies or work from a university. I did put the link up there. I'm sorry, I can't remember the exact title, um, but it's um, the power of human-centered design. Um, yes, so yeah, again, very exciteful webinar from Steve and very good from Sue. So I think that's a wrap. Um, thank you very much, Deborah, for today. It really was really, really good. Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Okay. Thanks so much for the opportunity, everybody. Okay, thanks everyone. Have a great week. Bye. See ya.